Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Bucks presented by BrewHoop.com. Frank Madden here with you in the great state of Wisconsin. Yeah. Where I have I have made it uh, for the opener. Excited to uh, to hang out with Eric Name in person tomorrow. I think we're going to record a podcast in person and uh, hopefully see some of you uh, at Goolsby's pregame. I don't know. When, when should we show up there? Like? That's on that's on you, because uh, I mean I'll have I'll go talk to Kid and Clifford before the game, so that'll be five fifteen and five thirty for those two. So I'll probably get to Goolsby's around six and hang out there for an hour before the game. So that's on you. I don't know when you want to get there, Frank. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I I think our friend Jeremy from Boxerball is going to be there as well. Uh, Excellent. I, so I was yeah. So and we'll say about the latest six, hopefully a, a little bit earlier, but. Um, in any case, we are brought to you today by SeatGeek. Download the mobile app for the best way to buy tickets for sporting events such as Bucks home openers as well as concerts. Uh, use that promo code LOBUCKS, L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Get your $20 rebate on your first purchase. And if you want to go to the Bucks game tomorrow, be sure to check out SeatGeek.com. And um, they uh, that's a great way to find some, some cheaper than face value tickets for sure, even for an opener. So, uh so we wanted today to talk a little bit about the opener, obviously, um, and we do have uh, a little bit of a, a special uh, segment here from uh, Doug Branson, our friend at Locked On Hornets. We exchanged sort of really quick previews. I, I did one for the Bucks, and Doug did one for the Hornets. So um, why don't we start out before we kind of dive into what's going on with the Bucks and, and matchups with the Hornets, et cetera, et cetera. Why don't we just dive in and I'll leave it to Doug to, to give you the kind of quick two-minute update on the Hornets so we kind of go from there. Here's what you need to know about the Hornets heading into opening night. The Hornets are a team that's focused on continuity. They return four starters from last season, Kimball Walker, Nick Batum, MKG, who only played in seven games, but he will be back in the starting lineup, and Marvin Williams. Add to that, Roy Hibbert, who they hope can have a bounce-back year and anchor the defense inside. In terms of what's going on right now, the story for the Hornets over this preseason has been injuries. The front court a little bruised, but not broken. Starting power forward Marvin Williams broke his middle finger on his non-shooting hand, but has practiced all week and is expected to play. Backup power forward Frank Kaminsky is dealing with a strained foot that he suffered in the last preseason contest. He's questionable to play. And backup center Cody Zeller may not play at all after being in and out of practice and not playing a minute in preseason due to an knee injury. Expect to see Spencer Hawes backing up Roy Hibbert. In terms of those that will play, Kimball Walker has looked even better at ball handling and getting open shots than he did last season. He's really trying to get that all-star nod that he missed 
missed out on last year. And forget about the Olympics. Nick Batum has been in regular season form, looking uh, like the dynamic offensive playmaker that uh, the Hornets uh, paid a lot of money for. MKG has struggled to shoot the basketball, but his energy and athleticism has caused issues for every single preseason opponent he's played against. Here's an interesting note. If the Bucks do opt to go small with their lineup, head coach Steve Clifford hinted, we may see Michael Kidd Gilchrist play a little four, a little power forward in a small ball lineup. It's not something they really want to do, but it's an option if the Bucks decide to go small. They've tinkered around with uh, MKG at the four in different lineups this preseason. From Charlotte, Doug Branson, Locked On Hornets. Okay, so there you have it. Um, starting lineup sounds fairly set for the Hornets tomorrow. Kemba, obviously, at point guard. Nikola Batum uh, at shooting guard. MKG, obviously, uh, a guy who pretty much didn't play at all last year. By the way, did you see that video of MKG shooting corner threes where like basically his body is sideways did you see that video it's painful frank i don't i like i don't i don't even get it i think i quote tweeted and said something like it defies logic and possibly gravity uh because i just don't understand how his feet are the way his feet are and he releases the ball the way he does and then it gets like complete side spin on it not just like a little bit i, I don't know it's it's a strange, strange shot. Yeah, it will. I guess we should post the video in this in the the, the post that goes with this. But basically, he it was this video of him standing in the in the left corner, and it was from behind him. Except basically, when he takes corner threes, he's essentially facing the baseline when he finishes <laughs> his shots. Which I, I mean, I I think that the whole idea of squaring your body is, is overrated and a lot of great shooters do, you know, angle their bodies a little bit. If you're a righty, you may angle your body a little bit to the left, but like what he's doing is just totally, totally over the top. Um, yeah. A lot, but, most coaches now teach that you don't square up to the rim anymore, yeah. that you're supposed to be on a little bit of an angle, but that, that is not the angle MKG is on, on his <laughs> no. jump shot. <laughs> no, it looks like he's just shooting as like an afterthought. He's trying to get, <laughs> get to the tunnel. We'll continue our look at the Hornets in just a second, but first let's talk to you about SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the football games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year, and with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. And the best part about SeatGeek is that it's so easy. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app on your phone, and then you kind of have a gateway to all these wonderful events. It doesn't matter if it's a concert, if it's a basketball game if it's a football game no matter what you're going to be able to see the best deals in that stadium or in that arena or in that concert hall wherever it is you're going to be able to find the best deals and with SeatGeek you always get the best deals on every ticket because SeatGeek actually goes out and searches the other ticket sites for you and then they put it all together on the simple and easy SeatGeek app and you're just finding tickets for the lowest prices available. And like I always say, you know you're getting the best deal with SeatGeek because it grades each ticket price for you. It gives you the little dots, it color codes them, it lets you know if you're getting a good deal, if you're getting a great deal, or if you're getting no deal. But you're going to know that by just looking on the app. You'll be able to see it very easily. And the nice thing about SeatGeek is Every single ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence and not worry about if you're getting a fake ticket or anything like that. They're all real. You have 
total confidence in any ticket you buy with SeatGeek. Best of all, our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So, to get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S, again that's L-O-B-U-C-K-S, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S, that's L-O-B-U-C-K-S, today. And now, let's get back into the conversation. Marvin Williams, who's had a, I, I didn't really, I thought when I started doing research, I thought he was out. He, uh, I think, fractured a finger, um, but he is playing and starting at power forward. He got a big contract, Ed just did Batum uh, this offseason. So I think, I think, you know, I've heard some people talk about, you know, well, Marvin Williams uh, kind of broke out in a major way in a contract year. What's he going to be like after he's got his, I think it was, what, 54 million or something like that, uh, salary or contract um and same with batum getting uh, a massive new deal over 100 million uh, is is maybe he going to suffer some kind of a more relaxed season let's say but i don't know we'll see steve clifford obviously gets his guys to play hard and i think the probably the most interesting uh starter that i've seen in the probables is is roy herbert hibbert as uh as doug mentioned uh cody zeller's been battling uh this injury and I've seen kind of different things as to how available he'll be. I, I was just checking the game notes that had him as probable, actually. So, uh, so he might play. Uh, Kaminsky's got the, this foot problem, so we'll see if if he plays. Um, but certainly an interesting team, a team that obviously uh, you know won 48 games last year, and uh, I think you know if people remember our, our over under podcast, uh, you and I are both uh, you know fairly bullish on them. I think the over under was only about like 40 and a half, and um, well, well, I guess we'll get a, a quick view of them right away to start the season to see if this is a team that's going to maybe be close to where they were a year ago or if this team is is maybe primed for a, a bit of a regression as as seemingly the uh, the Vegas odds would suggest. Yeah, it's strange, though, that I, I guess when you look at it, you're thinking, OK, a lot of guys in career years and they ended up uh, maybe out performing their actual ability a little bit. And then you you make some changes and change some guys around. But it just seems like a 48-win team to drop that many down to, what is it, 40 and a half? Like, I, I, I could see some regression, but I don't know if it's that serious of a regression. Um, I don't have a snappy... Uh, a snappy acronym or something to call myself as a Clifford believer, but I am definitely that like, uh, as I am a Fogel believer, I, I am definitely in that same camp with Steve Clifford. I think he's a, a really great coach. And one thing that's kind of been interesting the last couple of years is he's, he's been able for the most part to be able to get goodish defense out of his teams and not really have a rim protector. And it it just seems like he, no matter what, he's making smart adjustments and he's giving his team a chance to win every night and he, he's scheming well. And he just seems like a, a really smart guy, um, one that one of my favorites to talk to pregame uh, for sure. So I, I'm a bit of a believer. Maybe I have some rose colored glasses on uh, for Steve Clifford, but I, I do think he's a good coach, and I do think there's enough depth on this team that they should be able to make some. They, they should be able to make an impact in the East, and returning MKG is 
significant in my mind. I mean, he's a good basketball player, um, and he, he was really starting to get things going before he got hurt the other year. And you th- you add that to Nick Batum, another basketball player that I really like. Uh, and I, I guess you might have some concerns about Marvin Williams regressing a little bit, but man, those three together doing some wing defense, maybe switching on to some fours. I think that's just, that's exciting. Uh, I, and Kemba obviously has a breakout year last year too. I, I think I think it's a good basketball team. It's interesting. I mean, those, this was a team that was top 10, albeit just barely, in both offense and defense, which I, I don't think I really would have thought of them as being a top 10 in both, yeah. uh, top 10 team in both areas, you know, before I kind of started looking back at some of the numbers. Uh, I think the the return of MKG is so fascinating because two years ago, this team was 28th in offensive efficiency. They were uh, 26th in three-pointers made, dead last in three-point percentage. Obviously, they they made some changes going into last season, uh, but you know, not having MKG, who you know, as we were just mocking his shooting form, uh, obviously, when when a guy you're starting at small forward, as as Bucks fans know, when a guy at small forward doesn't shoot threes, that that very much affects your ability to shoot a lot of threes as a team. And they went from being a team that didn't shoot threes and stunk offensively <laughs> uh, the year before last and and you know he was also hurt a bit that year MKG yeah. was and their their record was very bad without him and I think when when he went down early last season I think it was in the preseason um, I know a lot of people kind of immediately sort of said all right this team's gonna stink you know they they were so bad without MKG in the 14-15 season but lo and behold uh, they, they finished top 10 in offense they were fourth I believe in three-pointers made and attempted uh, really just changed sort of the whole complexion of the team and i think it's an interesting benchmark to look at because obviously we've been talking about the bucks not shooting threes and being bad at offense yeah uh and you know i don't know i'm not saying that the hornets are, are a blueprint per se because um i think obviously the bucks have key guys in Giannis and jabari uh that you know don't shoot a lot of threes and that the ball is going to be in their hands so i don't think you can just dramatically uh increase your, your three-point shooting the way as the, the way the hornets did but uh i think it'll be interesting because you know mkg does you know is is uh is his style and his you know his versatility on defense is great and um he's an intangibles guy blah 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 but um do they maybe miss something with uh with offensively in particular um with a guy that that doesn't space the floor and uh, obviously teams are going to play off of so we'll be interesting to see i think also kind of funny you know, Clifford, we often talk about his ability to, to build a, a good defense around Al Jefferson the last few years. Jefferson is now gone. So he traded that, you know, sort of offensive post up dinosaur center for uh, Roy Hibbert, who's the kind of, you know, big rim dinosaur, which is kind of weird to say because it's like, I feel like that's more unique to Roy Hibbert than it is to yeah. uh, the league more broadly. I mean, Timo Mozgov just got, you know, I mean, granted, everybody panned that move when the Lakers gave him all that money. But um, but it is kind of funny how Roy Hibbert just sort of fell off the face of the earth. So um, so we'll see if uh, if if Steve Clifford can work some magic with him. Um, but turning to the Bucks and kind of how these teams match up, um, you know, Charles Gardner tweeted. Uh, it sounded like he was expecting Miles Plumlee to start, which I think we would have expected Miles Plumlee to start anyway. 
I feel like, I mean, we talk, we've talked about the Bucks not running as many pick and rolls as you might like, but I feel like if Roy Hibbert is starting at center and you're starting Miles Plumley, <laughs> you're going to want to run a lot of pick and rolls with Miles Plumley diving to the rim, right? I mean, that that would be probably my first order of business if I'm trying to draw up a, a game plan for this game. It should just be repeatedly uh, just doing everything you can do to to drag Hibbert away from the rim and uh, kind of see if some of those other guys can do some of the rim protecting on the backside. Uh, it, the Buck starting lineup is certainly more interesting than I ever thought it was going to be uh, before the season. I, I always thought, especially before the Middleton injury, and now it's just been almost every week there's someone new that you think is going to be starting at the two spot. And I still... I know for sure we don't have an answer. Uh, you listen to Jason Kidd when he was on 105.7 FM The Fan this morning, and he he told the guys, well, no, you're going to have to wait until Wednesday. And if uh, if you when you, when Charles asks, it's the same, same thing. You're going to have to wait till Wednesday. And it, it'll just be interesting to see because Snell didn't practice today. Uh, Vaughn has practiced the last two days and seems to be back healthy. Uh, but didn't play in all those preseason games, and you can't imagine that he's really feeling all that good. The Bucks started Mirza Toledovic the last two preseason games, uh, so there's there's three options there, um, and not really a ton of answers are really uh, having a clue of what it's going to be. So it, it's just it's going to be tough too because I don't know, I necessarily know if one of those three a preferable matchup against the Hornets. I don't know. I I can't. I guess Toledovich is probably ultimately fine because you have MKG around, but at the same time, do you? How do you cover Batum and Marvin Williams? It's just going to be interesting to see tomorrow night when lineups get announced who is actually starting at the two. Yeah, I think the MKG is interesting because uh, I mean the idea. I mean, I remember last year Chris Middleton uh, would get you know a screen and and just not quite get out to to Nicola Batum and he would be bearing threes against the Bucks without much room and the idea of you know Giannis or even Jabari having to chase around Batum on the on the perimeter uh as he hunts open three pointers uh, you know again I mean size wise Batum is an okay matchup but just his um, preference for shooting threes, uh, I think that that's always makes it a bit more difficult on Giannis Jabari because neither of those guys is is as well suited, obviously, to to covering guys out on the arc. Uh, but I think what you, you know, the, talking about MKG is interesting because uh, obviously he he is not a floor stretcher, and teams are probably going to play him similarly to how they play you know Jabari, but. Uh, the difference is obviously MKG is not as I would say as as sort of explosive a scorer and doesn't really have those kind of same scoring that you know instincts that that Jabari does. So it it is interesting. I, I think you could probably you could put Mirza on on MKG and just sort of dare them to try to use uh, MKG as as more of an offensive hub than maybe they would like to do and, mm-hmm. and maybe um, say hey you know take the take the ball out of Kemba Walker's hands if you want um we'll we'll play take our chances with uh with MKG but you know or you could obviously put Jabari on him and say you know okay Jabari don't screw this up because you know let's be honest it's gonna be harder to screw that up but Uh, see that I I almost feel the exact opposite way like I want I want Jabari to have nothing to do with guys that are supposed to be the other team's worst worst players and that that seems silly because We've all been quite critical of Jabari's defense and for good reason, but I always feel like if he 
if he's covering a guy that he thinks isn't any good, all of those lapses and the lack of focus that we get on him sometimes for, I feel like it just multiplies. And I'm trying to think, I, there was an Atlanta game last year where like Thabo Sevalosho was getting backdoor cuts for layups. And I think he might have had like double digits for one of the few times he had double digits last year. And Bazemore was getting backdoor cuts. And it just seems like if he's put on a guy that, isn't a threat that guy all of a sudden becomes a threat because Jabari just is letting him cut behind him and not paying enough attention to him so I I don't know it's going no matter what it's going to be interesting this year trying to figure out where to put Jabari Parker defensively um, because obviously uh, he doesn't really fit in anywhere Uh, but uh, part of me almost thinks put Giannis on MKG, then he can protect from the backside, make up for everyone's mistakes, and kind of be the the rim protector there. But it, it's just interesting. Every single time we say put this guy in MKG, there's like three or four buts to our to our thinking. Like, well, that might be a good idea, but and but and the, I don't know. It, it's just tough. It's tough to put a lineup together that I think makes a lot of sense. Well, I, I guess if if the Hornets could field three MKGs, and that would really solve a lot of problems <laughs> for, the, for the Bucks defense. But um, yeah, so Tony Snell, as you mentioned, uh, has not practiced. Uh, did kind of it sounds like went through some kind of like walkthrough type stuff. He's obviously been trying to pick up the offense, uh, and I think only the Bucks' lack of depth at the shooting guard position has even had him in the discussion to start the opener without any uh preseason games or or uh or pra- even full practices with the bucks uh we'll see it i don't know i i got the impression it sounds like that might be a long shot for him to at least to start um and i i will remind you eric i think a month ago you told us or let's say three four weeks ago mm-hmm. uh you said that you would be i don't know if you said you'd be shocked but you implied you you said something implying that you would be very surprised if Rashad Vaughn uh, somehow, I guess, screwed up badly enough to not get a shot to start to start to to begin the season. Um, obviously, the injuries certainly <laughs> hurt him in the preseason, only playing two games. But the fact that he couldn't make a jump shot uh, also not helping him. So I believe I believe I referenced Job starts, um, which uh, <laughs> fair, fair. which which someone then corrected me on Twitter, I wish I remembered who, but he said, well, maybe it's even a Mark Pope start if you want to go even <laughs> further back uh, in Bucks lore, and that's not bad. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily out of the realm of possibilities. I think I was a little bit taken aback by how willing Kid was to go to the Mirza Jabari Giannis trio. Um, I thought that was uh, a lineup that might give us more questions than answers. Um, but for the most part, it's been pretty pretty solid in the preseason. Um, so I guess I didn't foresee that occurring. Uh, and I think maybe he might have enough confidence in that lineup to start it tomorrow night. Uh, but in the end, I, I would not at all be surprised if Rashad Vaughn is in the starting lineup tomorrow night just just because (laughs) I don't have a good reason for it, but I, I could certainly see it being just a because start and we need a placeholder in here because maybe Snell isn't a hundred percent ready, but he can give us some minutes and maybe we want to make sure we have Mirza coming off the bench so we can have uh, a nice solid punch off the bench. Uh, 
I don't know that I, I could still, I, st- I wouldn't be surprised either way, um, which is a total cop out. And yeah, I know. Um, but I could see Vaughn starting or I could see Toledovich starting. I don't know if I have a favorite in my mind either way. I was just looking up. Uh, hopefully Marvin Williams preseason shooting keeps up. He was uh, two of 16 from three in the preseason. Uh, he was 15 of 15 from the free throw line in the last two games, uh, which is a bit random for a guy that obviously you think of as, as at this point, just a, a floor spacer. Um, but it will be interesting to see. I, I, I do recall that one game. I think it was after the all-star break uh, where it was a pretty close game. The Hornets used just a ton of three pointers to just basically blow the bucks out. Yep. Uh, and I think that obviously I, I, I'm, I am very curious. I, I think the, you know, I've mentioned it before, but aside from obviously the Giannis Jabari subplot and you obviously hoping that those guys play very well individually, um, I'm really interested to see just defensively, like has, has this team figured anything out to, to slow other teams down? Uh, we mentioned, you know, 16th in the preseason for whatever that's worth, uh, better than where they were uh, last season. I think they were 23rd in defensive efficiency. Uh, and, you know, it, it's a little interesting to me because I feel like I hear... Um, I feel like a lot of the conversations around, you know, how good the Bucks will be this year, uh, and yet, like, no, I feel like nobody ever really. A lot of those conversations and people who've been sort of optimistic about the Bucks, it doesn't seem like people often bring up like, oh, well, it's because I think the defense is going to be about a lot better, or the defense <laughs> will be this or that. You know, I mean, and yeah. I feel like it's. I don't yeah. know how you can. I don't know how anybody can talk about the Bucks getting notably better without saying like, well the defense is going to get better because of X or Y or the defense has to get better um, because that's sort of just one of those like ugly facts about last year's team. Uh, I mean, they were even worse offensively, but I think at least with the offense, I can talk myself into uh, this team getting better just by, you know, force of the talent they have over time. Um, Maybe not this year without Middleton, but longer term, I think they can, they can, you know, sort of use Giannis Jabari and Middleton. I can see a top 10 offense with them. Yeah, not yeah, yeah, not, not, I mean, not this, this year, year, not this year. Right, but right. going forward, yes. If you had right. Middleton, you could get a top ten offense out of that. Group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, the defense obviously is it just seems way more random, and and that's where I kind of you know look over at the bench and say, okay, coaching staff, you know, how how do you figure this out? But uh, I think that'll be a really interesting subplot tomorrow, and and really in the first probably you know few weeks of the season, like do they get to the do they start off very well, or or is it a you know situation where teams are you know again getting layups and, and lots of open threes, which unfortunately became obviously a, a big theme last year. I was going to say with the defense too, is I, I guess the numbers you kind of are going to be looking at are layup attempts, layup attempts, excuse me, three point attempts. And then for me, I think it's turnovers uh, because if you can kind of live with some of those things, if you're leading the league in turnovers forced, which they did two years ago. And you can kind of, I shouldn't say live with them. Obviously you still don't want to be giving up open threes and layups uh, to the extent that they were last year. But if you're evening it out with 17 turnovers forced per game, then all of a sudden you're talking about a defense that might be able to get into the top half of the league, even if it does those other things. Um, and that can be especially helpful for those young guys. We've talked about it a bunch of times. They like to run. And I, I think one of the delicate balances this Bucks team has to figure out is, all right, our two best players are 21 years old. They both want to try to create steals and be aggressive in, on defense and try to get out and run. But, that means our defense probably is 
going to be flawed fundamentally. So how do you try to balance, keep them in positions where they can try to do some of those things, but not kill your defense? And I guess the greater question is, can you even do that without it killing your defense? Can you have two guys that really want to get out on the break and try to do those things? So uh, it's just going to be... It, the first couple of weeks with this defense are going to be fascinating because you're right. When I hear why this Bucks team is going to be better than I think it is, when we put out out predictions and hear that we're we're too pessimistic, I keep expecting people to say, "Well, the defense can get better this year." And it's always, "Well, Giannis and Jabari are just going to be so good." Well, yeah, I think all of us make these predictions and say that the Bucks are going to win 35 games or whatever it may be. And Giannis and Jabari are going to put up 20 points each. And Giannis is going to go 28 and 7. So there's certainly some optimism from us there. There's just so many other questions. And I think the biggest question of them all is, what is this defense? Is it going to get fixed at all? And, and I think that's a question that's just going to hover around this team for at least the first month of the season until we start to get more concrete answers. We will begin to get some answers. I, I certainly won't call them concrete uh, tomorrow night or tonight uh since we're recording this on on tuesday night but um again uh feel free to uh shoot us a, a tweet let us know uh, if you are going to stop by Goolsby's. look for us uh we'll both be there but sounds like by about six uh, i might be there a little bit earlier uh it would be great to to meet some of uh our loyal readers and listeners uh as always subscribe to the podcast uh locked on bucks Leave us a review on iTunes. Those are great. Really appreciated. Uh, we'll do some more uh, thank yous soon for those. And check out the whole Locked On Network. Um, if there's any other teams that you're interested in, we've got podcasts now for every team in the NBA, as well as David Locke's Locked On NBA pod uh, happening weekly. I was going to say, too, I was just, when I listened to the preview at the start of the show from Doug Branson from Locked On Horns, I was like, this is so incredibly clutch uh, that I, I get this 90-second, two-minute clip from someone who knows the Hornets as well as I know the Bucks. So if if you're really into the Bucks and want to know who's coming up for them as an opponent, well, just go listen to the last episode of whatever team they're playing. So if it's the Bulls, go listen to Lockdown Bulls, and you'll know exactly what's going on because uh, – all the stuff we found out about the injuries and who's going to be in and who's going to be out. I think if we would have researched it, we might've got some of it wrong. Uh, but the fact that we could hear it from Doug directly was, was awesome. So there are, there are 30 other teams out there or 29 other teams out there and 29 other locked on a podcast. So go check those out. Yeah. Check them out. Watch the game tomorrow. Um, once again, thanks to our sponsor SeatGeek. Use that promo code L O B U C K S. There is still time to go and get tickets to the Bucks home opener and get a great deal, and you can get $20 off. Um, they'll send you uh, a check for PayPal you uh, uh, $20 after you make your first purchase. So if you haven't done it yet, why, why not Why not go to the game? Go to the game. Yeah. Come come, come and hang out with home us beforehand. Opener, why not? Yeah, come and hang out with us beforehand. Go to the home opener. It's the most positive um, you can be. The, the team hasn't lost yet. They're undefeated. Everything, they're undefeated. Go out there and support them. Yeah, exactly. So thanks to SeatGeek, uh, the best app for getting those sports and concert tickets and uh, certainly Milwaukee Bucks tickets here uh, as we start the season. So thanks again 
we'll talk to you guys very soon. We'll have, uh, I guess we'll have to, we'll have to scramble to get a podcast up at some point, maybe late, to, <laughs> late tomorrow night. Uh, but we will at some point, uh, uh, recap the opener, uh, within what well, we promised to recap it within 24 hours of it happening. But, um, but in any case, thanks so much for listening and, uh, go NBA. It's happening.